0: Today in our Gospel reading we hear about the Transfiguration and if you just kind of read through the the Gospel reading, it's very easy to just focus on the Transfiguration and the change how God reveals himself to us through Jesus, where he makes himself glorious. But the question becomes it's not about the Transfiguration itself. Because the key lies at the end of the fray, at the end of the passage in which Jesus instructs his disciples, do not tell them until the Son of Man has been raised. That key allows us to understand that the focus of our gospel reading is not about the transfiguration, but there's three places in that whole story that we have to begin to look at it as a whole. This image that we're getting from the transfiguration speaks about a journey, speak about our own spiritual journey and the path we're taking. The question becomes what do we do and where are we going with this spiritual journey? Where's our end goal and destination? Because we all carry our phones, we all had GPS. You can't just say I'm going X, Y, and Z direction without really pinning in a location an address, a place where we're going. So a journey requires a starting point and an ending point. So we know as Christians, by virtue of our baptism, we've started a journey with Christ. But the question for us to begin to ask is, where is our destination? Where are we going and what are we going to do to get there? Years ago as a kid, one of my favorite things to do over the summer with my family is always road trips. But in road trips, we had to know where we're going. In doing so, we can pack our luggage very well. We can begin to prepare for food. We can begin to map the roadway to know where we're gonna stop to get gas, how we're gonna get food, where we're spending the night. But if I was gonna say, I'm gonna just hop in my car today and begin a road trip, there's questions that begin to ask, do I take I-35 heading north or I-35 heading south? Do I jump on I-20 heading east or heading west? Or do I not even jump on I-20 or just get on I-30? So where are we going? Today we find that our destination written in the letter of St. Paul to Timothy, our destination is holiness and holiness is in heaven. So we know and we come to understand our destination is heaven, to gain holiness. But how do we gain and get to experience that holiness and become holy as our Father is holy? This is where the key of our gospel lays. We hear there's three things that happen. The first, Jesus calls three disciples, Peter, James, John to go up to the mountain. So that's the first part. The second part is getting up to the mountain. The mountain here is our, in scripture is an understanding in which we come up to the highest point in the world to come and experience the divine. We come up the mountain to experience the divine. And we hear in scripture today, Peter said, Lord, let us set up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. The third point we get to is the descent from the mountain, in which as they descend from the mountain, Jesus says, do not tell anyone until the Son of Man is risen. So what we just got from the Gospel reading today are the three main pillars of our spiritual journey. We have a call and invitation Not just a general invitation to the masses, but a personal, intimate invitation. Jesus today invited Peter, James, and John. This invitation calls them to go up to the mountain to come and experience the divine. And in experiencing the divine, they are changed and transformed forever. And then Peter tells them, Can I stay here? Can I set up three tents to remain here with the divine? From there, they come down the mountain with Jesus. So how do we understand our spiritual journey? How do we look and make sense of these three key pillars of our journey? So the first one, the call and invitation invitation to follow him. We hear in the Catechism of the Catholic Church God himself is an external exchange of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he's destined us to share in that exchange. Exchange of giving, of receiving, and of transformation. So this first call, this call, this invitation, is first and foremost a beginning to enter into a relationship of love, to enter into this life of the Trinity Where there's give, there's take, there's also offering of oneself to the other. And in following this call, this invitation, we're taking on an identity. We're taking on the identity as a Christian. So we're following into what Christ is calling us to do. We're imitating the life of Christ. And in doing so, We have to begin to leave things behind. We can't come up with Christ with everything we have. To follow Christ means to leave everything behind and come follow him. So that's the first part of our Christian journey is the call and invitation. The second part of our Christian journey is the experience and transformation. As husbands and wives who are sitting here, let me ask you this. The first time you saw your spouse from a distance, was it easy to talk about your spouse or come approach your spouse? For most, it wasn't easy. It was uncomfortable. It required a change in experience. But when I had that experience, what did it do for me? It allowed me to continue on to seek that person more. Each and every one of us has had an experience, a divine encounter with the Lord in many different ways. Whether that's through prayer, whether that's through miracles, whether it's answered prayers or even blessings within our lives. We've had divine experiences. we come to see how God has worked in our life, how God has grown in our life. Just like the disciples today, Peter, James, and John, they've come to experience the divine Jesus transforms himself and shows him, shows them his glory, shows him his side of being God. They're transformed and changed forever. The final part is the send forth, the coming down from the mountain in which we're called and challenged to share what we have experienced, to share those moments in which in prayer we have been blessed To share those moments that we have been transformed and changed forever. To experience and share the God-given gifts that God has blessed us with. But the challenge in our spiritual journey, my dear brothers and sisters, is those three points that are supposed to guide us and give us a cyclical movement in our life becomes choking points becomes points that hinder us from growing, from hindering us from truly living out our faith and truly living out our mission as Christians. They're detours, they're the stop signs, they're the construction on the road that hinder us from getting to the point we need to get directly. The challenge is each and every one of us are stuck at one of those three places, each for their own reason the call and invitation. We're called to follow him. We're called to leave everything behind and become his disciples, take on his Christian identity. But what happens? We're unsure of who we're even following. We're unsure if we want to follow him because we're so comfortable with where we're at. We're so comfortable in the life situation that there's no need to really follow him. I'm okay with just showing up to mass. I don't get anything out of it, but I'm okay with showing up to mass. The other challenge we have is commitment issues. Who really wants to commit their life to Christ? There's no benefit for me to commit myself to someone. I'm not gaining anything from my relationship with God. I'm okay and content with where I'm at. While others, we're afraid of commitment. We're afraid to give up ourselves over to someone because we're afraid of getting hurt. We're afraid of being vulnerable to someone. We're afraid of allowing ourselves to rid all these things we've had in our past to come give ourselves completely over to someone else. While others are just sitting here, just like any other game, hoping and wanting for something better. You know, maybe some other Messiah, some other deity, some other God may come down, and I'll I'll just follow him instead. You know, Jesus is cool right now when it's easy, but I'm gonna wait for something better to come along, come down the pipeline, so then I can just jump off this Jesus bandwagon and jump onto something else. Or the pure fact that our life is so comfortable. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to be challenged. We don't want to leave our world behind, leave our life behind, and leave the way of life we know and love right now. Because we know if we follow someone, there's work, there's risk, there's challenges we have to take. Are we willing to take those risks in our lives? Then climbing up to the mountain to the experiential transformation. We have this, we all speak of this life-changing account, this life-changing moment in our lives. Whether we recognize it or not, there's moments in our lives where God has touched us, has transformed us, have made us better. But the challenge becomes, we're so afraid of what we're going to be led to next. I remember growing up as I was discerning the vocation to the priesthood, I asked myself that same question. Even today, standing here in front of you, I've asked those questions. I've asked where the Lord is calling me to be, where the Lord is calling me to do. Because I'm comfortable here in this divine. I'm comfortable here being your parochial vicar. I'm comfortable here in sharing the word with you. But when it comes to sharing the word with others, to preach the gospel to other parishes, to lead the church in other ways... I I don't feel like it's meant for me because it's comfortable. It's more easy to do what I'm doing now than to be challenged, than to be pushed into doing other things, to be leading retreats, to be inviting others to a deeper and intimate encounter. Some of us are afraid not knowing what to do and how to do it. How do we speak of our encounter? How do we speak of our own transformation and change within our lives? How do we talk and share those encounters? Because we've never given ourselves the time to process through it, to look at it, to see and find how God is working in our life. Finally, the send forth. This invitation for our our own faith to take action We're not meant to just sit here and just enjoy our life as Catholics. I've accepted the Lord as my Lord and Savior, and I'm it. That's it. I'm done. I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to be challenged by the gospel. I don't have to do what the gospel teaches me. As long as I live a good life, as long as I don't murder someone, as long as I don't do X, Y, and Z bad things, I'm okay. I'm an okay person. So there's no need for me to take action in it the challenge becomes we all have been given that experience that gift and that gift requires a sharing a giving of the other of using that gift but the challenge becomes we don't want to We doubt and we are so afraid of the working and the prompting of the Holy Spirit, the utilization of the gifts that God has given us to share that with the world, to use that for the greater good, to help others see, experience, and come to know the goodness of God in my life and come share that goodness with others, not just by teaching, by preaching, but me being a testimony and a witness to that. Today I got to see that come into action. I got to spend some time with the RCIA candidates and catechumens who are here. So I also invite you to pray for them as they prepare to enter into full communion with the church. But it was so powerful to see a husband and wife prepare nothing more than spaghetti and meatballs for the catechumens and the elect. But it was their way of living out their vocation as husband and wife. Living out their faith in a very vibrant and testimonial way without even saying one word. But you can see the impact and transformation that has brought in to the catechumens and the elect because of that single testimony. No words were shared except smiles and greetings and love. The testimony and change, the gifts of the Holy Spirit was being used and put into practice and manifested in our daily lives in the world today. Something as simple as that. Being led and being prompted by the Holy Spirit. But in doing so, we're uncomfortable. We're being challenged to get out of our comfort zone. Who wants to sit there and cook for all these people? Who wants to sit there and be vulnerable and share the faith with someone? Who really wants to spend time with people I don't know? Who really wants to put our faith into action? Because it challenges me. It pushes me away from what I'm normally comfortable with. Just to put it very simply, how many of us can stand being outside in 100 degree Texas weather? because most of us are comfortable. We would prefer to be in a house that's air conditioned and down to 65 and sitting on our love seats and enjoying a cold drink. But we don't want to feel uncomfortable. So when we are put into situations by the Holy Spirit, we shut down, we clam, or we even hide from those moments because they make us so uncomfortable. We're unwilling to allow that to happen in our lives. One of the greatest excuses to the prompting of the Holy Spirit is I'm ill-prepared. I'm unable to do so. I don't have the gifts. I don't have the talent. I, I don't know what to do. But in doing so, we doubt. We mistrust the Holy Spirit. We mistrust the love that God has for us. But what is interesting is not not just the Holy Spirit, but we mistrust the plan and mission for our lives. We hear the catechism, that we enter deliberately into the divine plan by their actions, their prayers, and their suffering. Then they fully become fellow workers with God, co-workers for his kingdom. The prompting of the Holy Spirit is challenging us to continue to live out the mission God has called us. We are very comfortable, my dear brothers and sisters, in what we do right now. And I want to challenge each and every one of us here to live out that spiritual journey, no matter which part of those three pillars we're at. Whether we're called to have that invitation to come seek Him. Seek Him with with our full heart. If we're at the top of the mountain and experiencing the divine, how do we take that experience of the divine and not just dwell with it by ourselves? If we're already at the bottom of the mountain, how do we live that and share it and proclaim it boldly? How do we hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit within our lives and say, I am confident enough to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit? I am confident enough to go out to proclaim the good news. Because everything we're doing is living out the relationship of the Trinity. Just like our relationship with husband and wife, those first moments are not easy. Those first moments when we saw our spouse across the room was not easy. We're not comfortable enough to approach them. But when we approach them, our life has changed forever. But if you look at this moment today, are you different from the moment in which you met your spouse? Have you been transformed and changed forever? And the love you share today, here and now for each other, do you think and do you know that that will change your life in the future forever? When you become grandma and grandpa, or when you're living your life as grandma and grandpa, how has that love changed from the beginning? That is a simple image of our spiritual journey but how our lives have changed forever, our lives begin to impact others and in that radical change we've made a difference in someone else's life. If that's what we can do as human beings, imagine what our relationship would look like, our world would look like, how the Holy Spirit can lead us and prompt us and what we can do as a church if we just allowed that to happen today, here and now. The world would be different. Our community would be different. We wouldn't need to ask and plead for volunteers anymore. Father Flynn Flynn and I would look at each other and say, okay, we have to prevent people from volunteering because we have no more room. The Holy Spirit is prompting each and every one of us in our spiritual journey today, here, and now. But the question becomes, what are we to do? Are we really going to enter into the life of the Trinity? Are we really going to enter into the love between God and us? Are we really willing to participate in the master plan that God has for each and every one of us? To work and prune and work in his vineyard? He can and he will work in us. But the question becomes, are we willing and are we ready? So as we continue our Latin journey, in prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, let us look at our lives to see how God has worked in us, how God has blessed us, and where he's calling us to go serve him, to serve our brothers and sisters this Lent. Amen.